This episode is brought to you by the Witty and Gritty Passions and Giftings Finder. It's for free, and it's our gift to you. If you're having trouble figuring out what your strengths are, and if you're passionate but can't quite narrow down which path to travel, and you're not sure what your purpose is in life, have no fear. This Passions and Gifting Finder is here. It's a step-by-step guide. It's quick, simple, and entertaining. It's helpful, insightful, and fascinating. You can find it at wittyandgritty.blog. We'll link it in the show notes. Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, where we believe that lifelong learning and relentless determination are essential to developing your passions and reaching your goals. Here to help you along the way are the hosts of the show. Take it away, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Brooke. And I'm Farron. As educators and high achievers, we're passionate about providing our listeners with effective strategies to help navigate life's obstacles and reach your goals sooner. Join us as we break down credible research that gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs. Laugh and grow as we share personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Get your mind right. And enjoy this time designed just for you. Episode 16 in our 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do miniseries. Today we're featuring Chapter 5. Episode 16? Or 116? <laughs> Did I say 16? I don't know. 116. 116. 116. Sweet 16. Sweet 16. Remember that show? Oh, it was, yeah, it was yeah. like a document. Not a document. What is it? Reality, reality show about birthdays, right? Really rich people turning 16. And they're like, I want a pony. And they would literally get to pony. Okay, have you seen the new Instagram thing (laughs) where they say, when I'm feeling bored, but then I remember I own an airplane. Oh my God. And they like walk through their insane house and it's video clip, video clip, video clip. Oh my goodness. And they get in their airplane and fly away. There was, well, so okay. There's like a What's yours, Baron? Well, none. <laughs> well, there's this montage of a kid being like, when I'm really bored and I remember, and he gets up and walks a little bit and says that I have nothing cool in my house. <laughs> and then he turns around and sits back down. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, Sweet 16. Yes, that show. Where are they now? They should have had like the wedding. Oh, there, and there's the a reason why it's not the where are they now. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I'd be poor. <laughs> Just speaking for myself. Okay, so this is about what? Yeah. (laughs) 13 things mentally strong people don't do. Chapter 5. They don't worry about pleasing everyone. You hear that, nines? (laughs) And twos. Care about what other people think and you'll always be their prisoner. Wow, Sue. Mm. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's a good opener there, everybody. Yes, I've said it before. <laughs> it's worth saying again. You are a slave to that which controls you, including mm. people pleasing. You don't want to be their slave. You want to be their friend or their co co people. What is it from Anchorman? <laughs> yeah. What if for one night we're just co people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Wow. Anyway, so. At the beginning of each chapter, she always has the signs of whatever. So these are some people-pleasing signs. Let me jump out at you, Baron. All of them. (laughs) How about you go to great lengths to avoid conflict? Mm, Yeah, you don't like the conflict, huh? You change your behavior based on what you think other people want. 
Oh, that one made me think of unhealthy threes mm -hmm. based off of what other people want. So maybe how they're perceiving you or how, you know, whatever. And unhealthy twos can get into that people please to manipulate kind of thing. I mean, everyone has a different reason they people please, whether it's for power or for status, for whatever it is. So just, I like how, even if you think you don't struggle with people pleasing, there's information in here and you're like, oh, maybe I do. So there's that. You find it easier to agree with people rather than express a contrary opinion. Is this just all about, is this a page about fairness? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, someone's been paying attention to me. <laughs> you often feel overscheduled and overburdened by all the things you have to do. I felt that one in my soul. Mm -hmm. I was like, dang. Oh. But she does end this section with like a paragraph of like, hold on, we'll get to the good stuff. Right, right. And I like how she says you can still be a kind and generous person without trying to please everyone. Right. So. And we've said it before. You're not pizza. You can't please everybody. Nope. Or tacos. Oh, gosh. It seems like it <laughs> should please everybody. But So why do people try to please others? There's some big key ideas. One of those is fear. Um, fear of rejection. For me, it's the fear of the uncomfortable situations. Mm -hmm. Let's just avoid all of those as much as possible. Right. She also talks about maybe being a people pleaser because it's a learned behavior. So if you grew up with an alcoholic parent, maybe that was the only way to kind of like stay in line or get out of their way kind of thing. So it could be a behavior that has just been ingrained in you and you're just now making those realizations. Yeah. So it can be to avoid either, you know, bad experiences or learned behavior in like, that's how people recognize you like, oh, they're always so easygoing and laid back right. and we get along so well. So it could be for polar opposite reasons, but right. still a learned behavior. Right. Our advice to y'all would be, why are you doing those things for people? And something interesting that she mentions in this chapter is saying yes to something means saying no to something else. And so when I heard it in that perspective, like if I go and help this person do this thing constantly, I'm saying no to maybe my top three priorities. So things to think about. So it is important to know that there are problems with people-pleasing, something that's so well-intended, maybe until you dig a little deeper. Right. Um, how could there be anything wrong with that? And so the first thing she says is your assumptions aren't always true. So, for example, you might be thinking that, like, all of your intentions and efforts are for good, but that's not even what the other person wants. Mm -hmm. Or you're doing them, like we've said, for the wrong reasons. And the other person is like, you don't have to do that for me to like you or want to hang out right. with you. So I really like the example she gives, too. Throughout all of her chapters, she always gives really good stories and anecdotes that tie it back to it. So make sure you grab the book. We'll link it so, just so you can have these stories. But I like that, Farron, because sometimes I just need to ask you, hey, okay, what do you really want? Like, I just need to know. So I'm not trying to guess or suggest something and you feel obligated to say yes, let's just put it out there. What do you actually really want? Chips and queso. Always. <laughs> Always. We're going soon. Wait. Celebrating your birthday late. Oh, man. Sorry. There's never a bad time. Stretch it out. <laughs> get more. <laughs> we get two Christmases. Yay! Yes, so it can also damage relationships. Um, it can... Man, if your relationship, you think, is built on doing things for others... I don't know. 
Yeah, it's I a mean, game you're never going to win either. Yeah. You're in a constant state of having to do. Yeah. Instead of just, can we just chill? You're feeling like you're always having to do something. And I think it doesn't go the other way, right? Like people pleasers, they don't expect that of their friends to please them in order to maintain their friendship. Right. So it can probably lead to in resentment or, you know, this fear. Friendship shouldn't be based on a fear of losing the other person. Yeah, so. that's not love. No. And then number three, people pleasers lose sight of their values. So, yeah, when you're constantly going with the flow, which not to say there's not a time, and to compromise, sure. and to let someone else take the lead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but as long as, you know, you're keeping your, your values and goals. Like, it says too in here, you know, you won't achieve the things you want to achieve if you're constantly saying yes to everybody else and helping them with all their things. Um, but I think, I don't really like the word balance, mm -hmm. but I think that's in a different situation. I do think there are times and seasons where you're stepping up for other people and then better times and seasons to focus on yourself, but just taking back and looking at it from a bigger picture. Yeah, it really all just ties down to your motivation. Mm -hmm. Like, what are we doing and why are we doing it? If it's to genuinely help someone if they're in a rough season, okay, yeah, that makes total sense. But if you're trying to gain the favor of whatever, then that's short-lived. Or even manipulating, right? Like, yeah. I'm going to give and give and give, so then I'm going to get this thing. Yeah, they feel like they have to say yes now. Look at all the things I did for you. Ugh, yeah. When people buy stuff for me, I'm like, okay, what do you want? <laughs> what am I going to owe you for later? So that's one that a good friend Shout out Brittany Acri. She has told me to get over that. <laughs> and it was the most loving thing she could have ever told me. So here are some things to remember whenever it comes to people pleasing. If you are a people pleaser, worrying about trying to please everyone, it's a waste of time. Again, we mentioned this. You can't, you're not going to be, it's not sustainable. You're not going to always be able to please everybody all of the time. That's just fact. Also, people pleasers are easily manipulated. So in the event you are a people pleaser, there are people out there who are not so great. And they will be, they'll say things like, oh, but you're just so good at this. Or, oh, I know I can trust you with it. You are being manipulated if you're not finding out what their motivation is or if you are overtly people pleasing all of the time. Especially if you don't know how to say no, no. which I would be in that club. So... If they ask you to do something and they know you're going to say yes, they're going to come to you. And again, someone's going to be uncomfortable. They could right. be uncomfortable and go to the person they know is going to fight back. And I don't mean whatever, fight back. Just not be receptive. How about that? <laughs> and there's ways that you can say no. Like yeah. if your boss is constantly putting stuff on your plate because they're either over-delegating or someone's quitting and they're giving you their tasks, you can have the power to say, hey, uh, my plate is really full. Can it wait two weeks? If it can wait two weeks or can we outsource it, there are some things you can say that don't necessarily answer a direct yes right then. So, yeah. I think some. sometimes with people pleasing, because we can see other people's needs, we assume people can see ours. And so that was a really good example, Brooke, of like, if you go and you say, here's all the things you've asked me to do and the deadline, here's the time I have to do it, you know, this, I can do the task you're asking me, but, but what's going to come off or... Can it wait? Yeah. So, and sometimes maybe bosses are just in a situation that they're not keeping track of everything they've delegated to you. Right. And chances are you're probably doing a really good job, so they don't think you're overwhelmed. 
Um, so again, don't people pleasers, please don't assume that everyone knows what you're going through. Right. How full your plate is. And also, it's okay for other people to feel angry or disappointed. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> With other people, but not me. Uh, I mean, that's a hard one, especially if you don't like it when people are upset with you but again what's the situation what's the context are are they asking you to like miss your child's game so that you can go do some other thing that's not as important like, and then them be mad so it really all just comes down to the situation and again motivation and the relationship you already have there are times that i've known that people of people that did way worse things and got in a lot worse trouble and one they're still working there and two they still have like good relationships with people and they probably say no all the time. And so not, again, I think my struggle always comes back to, but what do I want to be known for? You know, my reputation, uh, my career goals. And I don't think it's that you lower your standard to that. Right. But there's a sense of peace in like, okay, not being perfect for someone else. You are human and you have high standards, but you have set standards and limits. Right. And back to the whole, if your boss is overloading your plate, and you do need to do multiple things, but it can't wait, or they can't take things off your plate. Okay, well then, what is what does done or good look like to you? Then we need to, maybe I have really high expectations for what I hand my boss. So, if if done is okay, or if you just need an outline instead of a whole full presentation, can that work? So there's other ways you can have these conversations or solutions you can present. Yeah, sure I can do all of this, but it won't be, don't expect it to be to the quality that you're used right, to seeing. Right. And it's almost, again, I've, I like to say this, it's like giving yourself that permission. Yeah. You're looking for it. Well, give yourself that permission. Well, and that already sets the expectation of this is what I can do in this amount of time that you're giving me. Have you ever seen those, the artists who will give, they'll sketch out a picture and time themselves for five minutes and then for 15 and then for one hour and then you can see the difference in how good or bad the drawing looks and it's like, yeah, there you go. So if I only have 10 hours today to work, that's a long work day. If I only have eight <laughs> hours or six hours to work, then this is this is how good it is going to get if you need it today. Mm-hmm. That's, it is what it is. So, yep. And that's not, so that might be step one if you're transitioning to saying no. <laughs> or just not right now. Yeah. Or just, I hear some other things. Just that's healthy boundaries. You're not going to get ran over that way. And also, you're stepping up for yourself. And bosses like to see confident people. So, yeah. That was a good one. They like to see confident people. And you can be confident without being, you know, disrespectful or demeaning. So, there's that. Okay, so she goes on to talk about um, one way to combat this or a step out of people-pleasing is to clarify what you value. Because I think a lot of times with people-pleasing, we attach our, our values to other people's. Yeah. And you might be like, well, I have my own values. But, you know, they might have overlap with people because I think generally people want to have uh, good relationships with their children. Right. And time with God. Yeah. And, you know, so there might be some overlap. But, you know, I think it, that's something to take some time and journal about and come up with a list and see, well, how much time are you getting to, what are you doing on a day-to-day basis um, mm-hmm. that leads to those values or points to those values. Right. Are your priorities aligned with your goals and what you're actually doing during the day? So, yes, write journal and write down all your priorities 
put them in the order that they need to go in, and then actually look at your day. So if you're spending most of your waking life doing a task that's not moving the needle in the top three priorities, then something has to change somehow. Yeah, a self-audit is always a good just uh, to reposition yourself and get back on track towards the path you want to be on. Yes. Oh, and so then she says to take time to decide whether to say yes or no. But um, awkward silence, Brooke edits a lot out. <laughs> but sometimes I just, I can't. And sometimes, so I I say just, something. sometimes I just like to just sit here and see what Farron's going to say. Yes. <laughs> I, you never know. You might get a Disney princess song. Mm, yeah. You might, I might get a call on my kids out on something. Uh, or I might just do a bad job of making quotes, Farronisms. Um, but yeah, I think having a go-to phrase, Mm -hmm. so some phrase that you're going to use when someone asks you to do something, especially when it's face-to-face. Yes. When it's an email or text message. You have time. Yeah. I can use, I'm better about not just responding right away, Mm -hmm. but when it's face-to-face, if I don't have a go-to phrase, like if someone invites me to something, I can say, I need to check my calendar. Or if someone is pushy and sales many, I say, I got to talk to my husband. Mm -hmm. So just come up with one of those phrases for when someone asks you to do a task. Be like, you know, I got to check my workload. I have a couple big projects with due dates coming up. And I will get back to you then. At this time. And you can name the time. And it doesn't have to be, you can say tomorrow. I'll get back to you sometime tomorrow. Yep. So, let me check your go-to statements. Let me check my calendar. I'll get back to you tomorrow. Let me talk with my husband. I know I have a couple things that I've got to get done before the deadlines. So, any of those things. Rehearse it and have it in your head ready for when it when the time comes. And the people pleaser in me likes to say, I'm not saying no, but I do have these other engagements. Because then the, at least the other person knows, I'm not saying no just to say no. Right. So the people in pleaser in me really likes that one because it also reminds the other person like, oh yeah, I think they were telling me they had to do da 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 da. Right. They do have a lot going on. Yes. Yes, I do. And then maybe in that time they find someone else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So I also like in the chapters, she gives you questions to ask yourself. So here's some things you can ask yourself before you even respond. So even if you've said, let me check my calendar, so you've had that conversation, you're going to get back to them, here's what you need to ask yourself. Is this something I want to do? What will I have, what will I have to give up by doing this? What will I gain by doing this? And how will I feel if I do it? Like if I, if it's something I really don't want to do or really don't have time to do, is there another way that it can get done that does not directly involve me? And that might feel uncomfortable because a lot of those questions are I, 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 me, me, me. Yeah. It's not like when I first read that, I was like, wow, that sounds super selfish and not like serving others. And that's where I think a lot of people get it twisted as well. Like, but I, we're called to serve others and be whatever, but we're also not called to be ran over by others. I think if you don't ask the I and me questions before, you're going to be the doing the why me, it's always me, everything gets dumped on me. I hate to say it, but pity party afterwards. Right. So you can either ask I, me before, or you're going to be asking why me and why is it always myself after. So, um, and I think, I forget that we live in a world where, like, people do that. Yeah. People do that, and they probably appear to be, you know, leaving work right at the end of the work day or doing, you know, not to start comparing to what people post on social, but if you look at what 
your behaviors are leading to and what other people are doing, maybe you need to change something. What can you control? I can start saying no to things. Right. Um, would be one. That's just healthy boundaries. Healthy like, boundaries, yes. Go back to your motivation. Are you doing it just to be rude or you don't like someone? or like That, that would be like sin in your heart. But if it's because you really need to go pick up your kids and you want to spend the evening with them, yeah, your kids are probably a higher priority than your friend group, So, or they should be. So that's why we need to take care of that first. I like that. The motivation behind it, too, can just reassure and mm-hmm. talk to someone else who's a more assertive friend. I always had a teacher friend. I was like, oh, heck no. (laughs) So if I felt like I needed just a little pumping up to say no for the right motives that didn't maybe have the courage, there's always one on every team that's pretty assertive and can give you the pep talk. (laughs) Pep talk you need. I like it. So there are some benefits to not being so people-pleasy, and some of them are your confidence is going to soar, and we've talked about that. You'll have more time and energy to devote to your goals. That was a big one for me because I got goals, man. And if I'm like running myself into the ground doing these things that don't move the needle, mm-hmm. keep using that phrase, that, don't, that aren't producing the things that I need, then that's not good. Yeah, and this probably comes as no surprise, but you'll feel less stressed. Yeah. Um, Trying to please the world is very tiring and exhausting because it's impossible. Right. You'll also establish healthier relationships, which who doesn't want that? Yeah. Hook me up. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And you will have increased willpower. If I say it enough times, maybe I'll believe it. (laughs) You just stop pleasing everyone, Farron. Well, it is in the (laughs) Journal of Experimental Psychology, so I guess they know what they're talking about. (laughs) I guess so. It's science. (laughs) So she always closes the chapter with what's helpful, what's not helpful, kind of recap. Again, this book is just so easily digestible, so you could even skim the book and still learn so much from it, just the way that it's designed and set up and chunked out for you. So I love that. Mm -hmm. So in the what's helpful section, the one that stuck out to me was practicing tolerating uncomfortable emotions associated with conflict and con (laughs) con Confrontation. You can say it. (laughs) Confrontation. And I like how she also says confrontation doesn't have to be bad, but to a nine, it must feel like all confrontation is bad. Whereas, like, hey, I want to do this. What do you want to do? Oh, I don't want to do that. Like, that might feel uncomfortable for you. Or for me, I'd be like, oh, okay, good to know. (laughs) I'm sitting here thinking, too, like, I'm not responsible for the way the other person responds to disappointment. Yep. Yep. Because some people, I would think, in a more healthy state and uh, mature could handle conflict and confrontation in a way that wouldn't make me cringe and avoid it Mm -hmm. at all costs. But then there's some people that just haven't learned that skill quite yet. And I'm not responsible for that the way they react. Although as a people pleaser, I think we convince ourselves we are. Right. Like if I would have said yes, they wouldn't have acted that way. Right. Right. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) But... Let's go back to when you can't or don't want to do the thing right. for the right motives. That's so. like saying, she makes me angry. She is not making you angry. You're choosing to feel angry right now. Ooh, so. I heard recently, like, that's a phrase to avoid from your kids. Like, don't. 
put that on them that they can control your emotions. Right. Back on them, like, you are making poor choices. Yeah. So your consequence is. Right. Not, you are making me angry, so go to your room. Right. So, anyways, that's just a little extra something-something. Parent tip. (laughs) The one that stuck out to me was, behaving assertively even when speaking up may not be well-received. (laughs) again it goes back to like the boss subordinate scenario in my head like there's been times where I've had to go to my boss and say I can't do this uh it's not gonna happen and then be like why here's here's why so there's that information I'm just letting you have that and there's that information phrase is from the love and logic book like would you like some information Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's that information here's some information i'd like to tell you (laughs) so it's not fun but the alternative is a longer not fun (laughs) (laughs) yeah so what's not helpful and so a lot of these i feel like we touched on so Mm -hmm. one that's um again head over the head but only considering someone else's feelings without thinking about your emotions and Mm -hmm. I think the way this comes out is like two ways I could think about what would bring me peace for the right motives um but it also brings me peace to consider the other person's emotions (laughs) so (laughs) confrontation also doesn't bring me peace and saying yes to doing it doesn't bring me also peace. Also, does not bring me <laughs> peace. Um, but I think it's like you just were saying, it's the long term of it. So, right. um, hopefully a shorter confrontation, which doesn't have to be ugly on the front end, or a longer disgruntled resentment emotions when you do say yes, instead of just having a short no conversation. Right. The one that stuck out to me was automatically accepting an invitation without considering whether it's a good choice. Next to it, I wrote, blame your mama. So there's, <laughs> so like something we tell our kids is do not ask something in front of the guest or in front of the friend or in front of whatever. So like if Sloan and Brianna, let's say, are hanging out and Sloan and Brianna run up to me and Sloan says, mom, can Brianna come over? My answer will always be no. No. Why? Because you're putting the pressure on me. That's unacceptable. You can talk to me in private and then we can circle back and I can answer your question later. And I need to have a private conversation with Farron about that. But you're not going to put me on the spot and I'm just not going to automatically say yes. Yeah. In high school, my parents always said, just tell your friends that we give you random drug tests. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So like, you know, when you get in certain social peer groups or whatever... It was nice, and then everyone thought my parents were crazy and like sympathized. For and your me. parents will be so happy, yeah. like they don't care that, that that kid thinks that your mom's crazy. They because probably need to think that they're my putting mom's pressure crazy. off of the child, so that gives them the bravery to be like, mm, "No, my mom said I have to be at home at ten, or like some ridiculous pretend consequence that you told them." Yeah. Or, I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff where like the kid has a code word that they can call and tell their mom, like, "Hey, what's for dinner?" And that can be the cue, like, oh, you know what? You actually need to come home right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get you. <laughs> so set those in place before it happens. Practice it now. Practice it in small situations so that way when the bigger situations happen, they can be like, no, nah, my parents are going to give me a drug test. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, you're not teaching your kid. It's not not teaching them to stand up for themselves. I just think when push comes to shove. Peer pressure is hard. Yeah. When push comes to shove, give them a last resort. Yep. 
Um, yeah, that that's... way it gives them the chance to no, no, thank you. But if the heat is on, it gives them the excuse to say, no, dude, my parents are gonna get me a test and I have to pass it. And what middle school, high school kids can't bond over crazy parents <laughs> that they just can't stand? Because guess what? Every middle schooler <laughs> thinks their parents are crazy. So I can't wait. <laughs> We're all in this together. Ooh, so yeah, that was a good one. I thought it was going to hurt a lot more than it did. <laughs> but look, we made it to the we other side. Made it. <laughs> yes, so that was episode 116 featuring chapter 5, all about don't be in a people pleaser. <sighs> they don't worry about people pleasing. We got this. All right, see y'all on the next episode. We help hardworking Christian women get the growth they want by giving them the tools they need in order to have more joyful lives. We love providing our Christian-based personal growth podcast to our listeners at no cost. If you are enjoying the content, please consider supporting our mission by donating to our Patreon. We're a small team creating the show for our community by researching, recording, and producing the episodes ourselves. Any amount is greatly appreciated. Your support will help offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you can receive exclusive access. For more details on specific membership tiers, visit our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com forward slash witty and gritty. We've included the link in the show notes.